The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is interesting. September 2nd, 2020. So yesterday marked the 75th anniversary of the official end of World War II. Do you know that? Uh, yeah, of course, it was a war that changed millions of lives in the course of global history. And our next guest says once the shooting stopped, war-weary Canadians were eager to forget about it, or at least move on from it. In his new book, The Fight for History, 75 Years of Forgetting, Remembering and Remaking Canada's Second World War, renowned military historian Dr. Tim Cook says he's baffled by Canadians' apparent reluctance to come to grips with the war's legacy. Dr. Cook, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right. So give me an idea first off. What was it that drove you to write this book? Now, you have a number of books under your belt. What was it about this one? Well, this is my 13th book. Yeah. And um, I'm very lucky. I work at the War Museum, and I've, I've spent most of my adult life talking to veterans and listening to their stories. And my grandfather was from uh, Alberta. Mm-hmm. and uh, flew in Bomber Command uh, during the Second World War, and he passed away in 1974 when I was only a couple of years old. So I never really had a chance to talk to him, but I've always been interested in the veteran stories. And this is the third volume in my in my series, the first one called The Necessary War. And, and really, my argument is that this was a war that had to be won. We know that against the Nazis, against the fascists. Canadians at the time understood that 1.1 million mm, Canadians mm-hmm. served in uniform. That, that's astonishing. Staggering. That's from a country of 11 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we fought around the world uh, in almost every theater of war, and our home front production was essential. And when we finally won that bloody victory in May of 1945 against Germany and then in August against Japan, and as you mentioned, the signing of the peace accord uh, yesterday, 75 years ago, we brought those veterans home. And, and I, it always struck me as very strange that, that the Second World War didn't have the same presence in our country as, for instance, the First World War. And so that's what you've been examining. So when we look at the end of the First World War and we look about the celebrations and we look about the, the, the monuments that were built, we didn't see that after the Second World War. And if I remember correctly, um, it was 2003 before the real, the first substantial World War II memorial was built on the shore of Juno Beach at the Juno Beach Center. I mean, okay. why did it take so long? <laughs> Well, this is part of the question. I mean, this staggering contribution from Canada, uh, punching above our weight, 45,000 Canadians killed, 55,000 wounded, and then about a million veterans who come back. And as you say, after the First World War, even more traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. 66,000 killed in that war. Um, Canadians felt compelled to build memorials across the country. And they're in every city, every town, almost every village in this country. Uh, we built the National Memorial in Ottawa, the Peace Tower. We have Vimy and Beaumont Hamel. Mm. And yet after the Second World War, when our veterans came back, we didn't build the same monument. Mm -mm. They asked for it. And in my book, The Fight for History, I talk about the veterans coming back saying, okay, we accept the poppy, we accept Remembrance Day, these are important, November 11th, but we need a national memorial. And they went to the government of the day, uh, Mackenzie King's government, and and the government turned them down and said, no, we're not going to build another memorial. And so what happened was that 
the names were inscribed often on those First World War memorials. And, and sometimes it worked, but often those memorials had the dates of the First World War and the names mm-hmm. of battles like Second Deep and the Somme and Vimy. And it, it goes on beyond that. I've tracked this, that we just didn't do a good job in telling our story or telling our history. <laughs> Very few books, few plays, no films. Think of, think of the impact of Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Uh, and the Americans in a generation before that. Some of your listeners will remember The Longest Day. Mm-hmm. I, I recount stories of veterans who were lined up in the early 1960s to see The Longest Day because Canada, of course, had landed on Juneau Beach on yeah. the 6th of June, 1944, mm-hmm. standing shoulder to shoulder with Britain and the United States, and we are basically written out of yeah. that movie and out of the war. Made it further inland than any of the other allies did on that day, right? And it was just kind of poo-pooed. It's just forgotten about. But I I wonder sometimes, Tim, um, you know, I look at this and go, you know, we're, we're... We don't, we don't, uh, you know, stomp our patriots. We don't wave that flag as much as the Americans or other countries. We don't, you know, uh, throw our patriotism into people's faces like other countries. Maybe it's just because we're Canadian. It is. I, I, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is that this is a self-inflicted wound to some degree. Uh, don't expect the Americans to tell our story. Don't expect <laughs> the British to tell our story. And and some of this is, is our fault. Yeah. Um, I also talk about how veterans came back, and I think we have a much greater sense now of post-traumatic stress yes. disorder. Many veterans had, had difficult times talking about their war experiences, but also people at home didn't really know how to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. So there was a great silence there. And of course, Canada was changing. The Second World War fundamentally changed us as a nation. Mm -hmm. The prosperous second half of the 20th century is the legacy, really, of many of those veterans who built up our country. And yet the country changed in the 1960s and 70s, a very different country, uh, anti-war with Vietnam. Uh, When we thought of war, we thought of peacekeeping. And I'm, I'm very proud of our peacekeeping tradition. I'm proud of how Often Canada is on the world stage helping countries deal with their conflict. But all of this diminished our story uh, until, as you alluded to, until we began to pay more attention. And I I think the the real date is 1994-1995, the 50th anniversary of the end of the war. Thousands of Canadians went back to France and especially the Netherlands, where they were greeted as liberators. The Dutch had not forgotten us even though Canadians, mm-hmm. for the most part, had forgotten what their veterans had done. Was, you know, you know, part of it, too, is that, as you say, you know, the, the, the men and the women that came back, our veterans after World War II, didn't necessarily didn't want to talk about it. You know, your, your, your grandparents, my, my grandfather, I just found a, a patch going through some of my grandpa's stuff the other day. I had no idea what it is. Someone told me it's some sort of sneaky squirrel really rare patch and I know nothing about it or how he could have even got it. We never talked about this whatsoever and so many didn't and now what we have what less than 30,000 World War II veterans still alive and it seems like there's this rush this rush is on to try to get those stories now. There is. Um, You're right and I, I think now is the time we're in the 75th anniversary this year um, COVID and the pandemic, you know, really, really left us without the ability to, to do large-scale celebrations and commemorations. And, and that was would have been important, I think. Um, and so I'm glad we're talking about this today. Mm-hmm. I think, as you said, 
there is a rush. Uh, of the 1.1 million who served, we're down to fewer than 30,000. What will happen? Yeah. What will happen in the next five or 10 years when we lose all of our veterans? There will be a great silence again. And so I think Canadians are having a, a, a greater understanding of this. The book's subtitle is 75 Years of Forgetting, Remembering, <laughs> and Remaking. Mm -hmm. The remaking, I think, is in the last 10, 15, 20 years. As you said, the building of the Juno Beach Centre in 2003, largely led by veterans. Mm -hmm. The creation of the Canadian War Museum in 2005. We have engaged in telling our story uh, we've listened to veterans, we've recorded their memories, mm -hmm. um, they are the eyewitnesses to history, and I think it is important now to bear witness to them, uh, to their service, to their sacrifice, to how they uh, fought in this very necessary war, and frankly, how they helped to build up the country that we live in today. And Dr. Tim Cook joining me this afternoon. His new book is The Fight for History, 75 Years of Forgetting, Remembering, and Remaking Canada's Second World War. You touched on uh, a peacekeeping, and I, I want to just kind of cycle back to that because that was, you know, that's been a big part of Canada's history, and, and, and for, for, for many people, people, it, it seemed to change the way that they thought of Canada's military. They, in fact, forgot that Canada was a fighting nation, that it was a fighting nation when we turned more to peacekeeping. How did that yep. impact it? Well, I talk about that in the book, and uh, again, uh, I'll just restate it. I'm very proud of our peacekeeping tradition and, and heritage, and, and it's a symbol, but it's a comfortable symbol. It's comfortable in a way that we think that our, our peacekeepers are somehow not soldiers. I've spoken to members of the Canadian Forces for 25 years, and one of the things that frustrates many of them, many who are peacekeepers who have been in war zones, uh -huh. very dangerous war zones, is a sense that peacekeeping it somehow doesn't involve real soldiering. Yeah. And of course it does, and it's very dangerous. We know that. Um, but to speak to a larger narrative, the one you're talking about here, I think is that we we embraced peacekeeping partially because it allowed to distinguish ourselves from the Americans. Uh, yeah. Certainly in the 60s and 70s, and, and, and uh, Pearson and the Nobel Peace Prize, we're very proud of that, and we should be. And yet it obscured the fact that we fought six wars in the 20th century. <laughs> the South African War, the First World War, the Second War, the Korean War, the Cold War, Gulf War 1990. You could even include the Kosovo campaign. Uh -huh. The 21st century is one that has been defined by warfare. Think of, uh, you know, Iraq, where we were not in initially, but Afghanistan, where mm -hmm. we have paid a very heavy price. And yeah. even going back, the 19th century, the 18th, our, our entire history has been shaped by warfare. And so, you know, as a historian and a military historian, it's important for me to make sure that Canadians have a sense of this. And, and one of the, the lessons of this book, I think, um, is that we haven't done a great job in telling our story. We need to do a better job. Uh, I, I, too, uh, you know, understand the Canadian way of often, <laughs> oh, shucks, and, and you know, uh, not really us, but there are times when we need to stand up, and we need to teach it better. We need to teach it better in our schools and our universities. Uh, this isn't to say that uh, it need only be military history, but to teach our history without military history is simply to ignore realities of the past that have shaped who we are in the present and perhaps 
give us guidance for the future. I think, um, you know, this community where this show is coming from, Edmonton, of course, uh, you know, home base of, you know, 3rd Canadian Division, um, you know, Princess, uh, the 3rd Battalion, uh, the Strathcona's, and on and on and on. I, I, I would suspect, I'd like to say that certainly... Um, uh, Northern Alberta and uh, this community has a, a better idea of, of military history, just, you know, in part based on the number of military families that live here. But you know what, Tim, one of the things that I noticed, when you talk about, you know, in recent memory, the past, you know, two decades, um, and I've said this uh, numerous times, and I'm going to say it again to you, I think April 17th, 2002, when that bomb was dropped uh, at Tarnak Farms in Afghanistan, um, that made people, I think that made Canadians sit back up again uh, and, and realize that, uh, you know, what our men and women in uniform were doing. And I saw here in Edmonton, I'd only been living here for three years, but I saw a, a tide had turned. There was all of a sudden a lot more pride and the the yellow ribbons and and the the remembrance day services became you know more and you know bigger and bigger and more and more people came out and you know maybe in the past couple of years that's you know died down again and i think that's a shame because I don't believe that we can just celebrate or we, I don't believe that we should just celebrate or remember our military while they're at war. I think it's something that has to happen all the time. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, uh, part of that, I talk about that in in the book, The Fight for History, that, that our history matters. It, it isn't just something in the past. In my book, which is on, on the Second World War, mm-hmm. Um, but I've written about peacekeepers, I've written about Afghanistan, I've written about the enduring legacy of our wars and how um, the past continues to shape the present. And I think if there's one uh, one message to think about here is that history's tough. It's tough, tough to understand. Mm-hmm. We live in a digital world. We live in an interconnected world where we're constantly bombarded by the latest news. History often takes, it requires a pause and a reflection and the time to settle yourself and to think about the past and to read about it or to watch it perhaps on television or to talk to a father or a grandmother. Um, and it takes champions. And um, I was lucky to be in Edmonton, uh, I think it was last year, speaking mm-hmm. at the Royal Alberta. And, um, you know, tremendous reception there. I was talking about Vimy and the mm-hmm. impact of Vimy over time. But it, it does take work, and I think um, we need to uh, work at it in this country. We need to re- remember to tell our stories, and uh, if we don't, we run the very real risk that they will be forgotten. And you touch on, you know, when we talk, because all of this is about history, but history right now, a lot of it seems to be under fire. It's, it seems to be a little bit of a... You know, it's almost like walking on egg- eggshells. You know, what do we want to do? What do we, you know, and it, it, it can be... It can be difficult, and it shouldn't be, you know, but we're seeing that play out on the news every day, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. History's divisive, and um, it's always been divisive. And one of the things I talk about in the book is how the Americans have been very good at using history to unify uh, behind national myths, Mm. and and they're very good (laughs) at commercializing history as well. In, In the case of the Second World War, uh, very effective in using that as as uh, as a story to mo- about American mobilization and, and really moving forward into the second half of the 20th century as a superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are all kinds of nuances that get left behind, 
but the Americans have been able to do that better than any other country mm. in the world, perhaps, although uh, each nation has stories and myths that it tells about the Second World War. Think about uh, Russia and mm. the Great Patriotic War. Think about Britain standing alone <laughs> with Churchill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Canada, and I write about in the book, very strangely, until quite recently, we, uh, bizarrely, I write, focused on defeat. Yes. Focused on Dieppe. Yes. Why would we have focused on a one-day raid and not six years in the Battle of the Atlantic? Uh, exactly. Why did we? Why do we not know a hundred thousand Canadians served in the Italian campaign? Why? Why do we mm. not talk more about being the spearhead force on D-Day and yeah. the absolute crucial Scheldt campaign and the liberation of the Dutch? Now these stories are not entirely absent, but they're not front and center. And I think certainly this year the 75th anniversary certainly as we move closer to a date where our veterans are passing away that it is important for us to um to commemorate to mark to talk about and not just the heroic history we need to talk about the hard bits as well but we should certainly not cancel it because we are uncomfortable with it. Dr. Tim Cook joining me this afternoon uh have enjoyed the conversation let's do it again sometime. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Tim Cook, joining us this afternoon. His new book, again, The Fight for History, 75 Years of Forgetting, Remembering, and Remaking Canada's Second World War.